I saw some graffiti that would be an amazing name for a podcast about municipal issues and civics. Uh-huh. Someone had spray painted, um, what is this city anyway, on the <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Where was that? Uh, the the bike path just north of the high level. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a retaining wall across from, I think it's like a Bel Air direct building or something. It's where they, uh, what's it called? Butternut tree restaurant is right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I got you. It's funny. I saw it cause I've been, I don't know if we've talked about this. Uh, I've been biking to work through the winter for the first time this season. Well, Actually, Alan, no, we haven't talked about it, but somebody else sent me your written piece about it from the McKernan, like someone sent it to you just because like, look, Alan did this or because they were like, oh, (laughs) yeah, I think, I think my city councilor shared it on Facebook, uh, Michael. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So then after that, somebody saw it and then they were like, hey, this is, and that's another thing that we haven't really talked about is that over the last year I started I took over being the editor for my community newsletter, the McKernan Messenger. <laughs> that's, where, that, that's where the article was. So I, like, I did a little piece on, because to me, it's like a kind of a civic issue because the city had just uh, passed the budget where they're going to build out a uh, hundred million dollars worth of uh, bike lanes in the city. So it seemed right. municipally oriented to me. But Yeah, anyways. sure red is municipally oriented. I Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's like, I mean, the piece is just your thoughts as a cyclist, but, mm-hmm. you know, like it also brings up some pretty important issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So that's where I saw the graffiti on one of my winter bike trips. And on that same path, like it's biking at night in the winter. It's like, <laughs> it's like one of those things that you have to be the kind of person who enjoys doing things that aren't actually enjoyable. <laughs> like, yeah. you to, like, <laughs> like you do it because it's, it's a bit challenging and anyways. Yeah. Oh, I'm just sorry. And I'm thinking of that bike path where the graffiti was. There was one night I was biking and there was just like blood all over the oh trail. And I was like, what happened here? I don't understand. <laughs> hopefully somebody didn't fall off their bicycle. Yeah. I mean, uh, hopefully it's a rabbit, not a person, but I don't know. Whoa. Harsh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you hate rabbits so much. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Welcome to Food Court. I'm Shale McDonald, and I'm here with my friend Alan Sutterby. How you doing, Alan? Great. We're two chefs from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. We love food, and we love to talk about it. And we've been loving to talk about it for two straight years now, Alan. Oh, my goodness. This is our second podcast anniversary. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big deal. Things are getting pretty serious, I'd say, at this point. (laughs) Yeah, two years if things aren't serious. Boy, what are we doing here? Just kidding. It's not all that serious. But it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of proud of us, Alan. I'm kind of proud. I can't believe, and this is entirely to your credit, I can't believe that we haven't missed a release. Yeah. We haven't even missed a real... Well, there was one time where, for some reason, the episode that got released was not... Like, it wasn't playing properly for some reason, and I'm not sure what happened there. And so I had to, like, take it down and repost it. And I think we... I don't think we missed the release day, but Mm -hmm. we definitely missed the release time. I I think it was... The fixed one was up by the afternoon of the Wednesday that it was supposed to be released, but normally I release it in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still counts. Yeah, I don't think we've missed a release day. Also, thanks to you um, for, you know, just making a whole podcast on your own when I wasn't really <laughs> able to. It was just me saying um and like for 20 minutes. That's what I remember. <laughs> it was still so great. It was a good episode. Do you have... Uh... Did you have favorites? I, I did you look over the the last year's recordings and did you have yeah. favorites or? Yeah, 
Yes and no. I, I don't know <laughs> if I had like it's so hard to like pick a favorite episode because I don't know. Because <laughs> they're so long and there's buried <laughs> content in everyone. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> um but uh but yeah, I did take some time to look back through the things that we talked about this year and sort of like pick some, you know, favorite topics and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Hey, is like do a little bit of a year two retrospective and talk about our favorite moments and stuff like that. A bit. Yeah. I've got a bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got a couple other things too, and kind of, I think maybe before we get into that, some stuff that I'd like to talk about. I don't know if you, I, I'm kind of like springing this on you, Alan, but like, um, this is, you know, two years and, you know, it's kind of a, uh, you know, two years is a, a pretty significant milestone, I think. Oh yeah. Hilarious. I can't think of the word milestone and Alan had to remind me and we had to cut the whole thing out and now he's laughing at me. <laughs> You could sorry. <laughs> I know I could have glossed right over it. <laughs> I tried. I muffled my laughter. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Two years of podcasting, and I can't remember the word milestone. It's pretty rough. Actually, I'm surprised that we haven't had like a like you always see the blooper clips when they're recording sitcoms, like where they just can't stop laughing. I'm surprised we oh, haven't man. had yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, actually, we haven't really gotten into any fits of the giggles. Maybe it's just not yeah. in either of ours' personalities. Mm. Yeah, we're not that funny. <laughs> yeah, maybe we're not that funny. Um, anyways, with two years being a pretty good milestone, I just wanted to do a little, like, before we do our, our retrospective, I just wanted to do a little podcast check-in and talk about the state of the podcast and see if you have anything to say about the state of the podcast. And um, mainly, I just wanted to uh, say to our listeners who um, we have like a really solid, loyal listenership who seems to be tuning in every couple of weeks when we put out an episode or I don't know, maybe sometimes they get behind and catch up. And I'm definitely not here to judge. <laughs> it's great that the episodes are being listened to. And um, that feels really good. Um, makes it feel like it's worthwhile to make them. Um, and I don't know if, you know, we've really talked about this before on the show. We may have talked about it a little bit like after our first year or something. Mm-hmm. But we would like to, over time, build our listenership. And um, I feel like... Right now, a lot of the listeners, definitely not all, um, but a lot of the listeners, uh, you know, know us uh, in person as well. Um, And at some point, uh, you know, like I would like for the listenership to sort of like expand beyond that. And um, I feel like there is um, good content here. I feel like there's good content for, you know, people who outside of our, you know, personal circles who may work in the industry or may just be interested in food and restaurants. And, and, um, I think that we kind of have a, a consistent and, you know, fresh perspective on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in order to grow that, um, I'm putting out a call to our valued and loyal listeners. If you, um, have been listening to the podcast and you've been enjoying it, uh, and you have a few spare moments in your day, if you wouldn't mind taking the time to write a review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts or maybe even on social media, if you listen to our podcast on the web or something like that, um, it would really help to sort of like allow our podcast to be discovered by more people. The more reviews you have on those services and the more stuff that you put up on social, um, the more new people are apt to be, um, uh, shown it by whatever algorithm is, uh, (laughs) is generating their, uh, content stream. So, um, we really appreciate you listening. If you have a few moments to take to put up a review for us, we'd appreciate that as well. Mm -hmm. Smash that subscribe button. (laughs) please like and subscribe below um 
Yeah. And then also like one other little thing, and uh, I don't know how many of our listeners are aware of Twitter's meltdown, um, but we have, I have um, historically uh, posted some of the uh, like episode announcements and things like that on Twitter, on Twitter, but I haven't really been doing it for a while because I haven't really been interacting with Twitter all that much in the past year. My sort of like interaction with Twitter has really fallen off and uh, I still have an account on Twitter, but I don't really look at it very often. Um, but I have started an account for myself on Mastodon, um, which is, uh, I guess a newer type of micro blogging kind of social platform. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like a, um, open source Twitter in a way. Okay. Um, and, uh, so I have an account for myself over there, and I've made an account for the podcast, and I'm going to start uh, posting up episode announcements uh, on Mastodon. Um, not necessarily asking anyone to join Mastodon, but if you happen to be over there, um, you can definitely uh, follow the podcast on Mastodon, and I'll be posting episode announcements. And then uh, it's also, I mean, Inst Instagram uh, is a great way to get a hold of us um, or the email address. Uh, which is feedback at foodcourt.fm. Um, but uh, if you want to have sort of like an ongoing conversation, uh, Mastodon would be a great place to do it. And uh, I'll definitely be checking it. I don't know if you ever have any intention of having a Mastodon account, Alan, but this is the first time I've heard of it. Yeah, fair enough. When you said, I, I don't know, know how many of our listeners know about Mastodon, I was gonna say, I don't know how many of our podcast crew knows about Mastodon. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little bit um, still kind of I don't know if I'd call it obscure at this point. Mm -hmm. A lot of sort of like um, big Twitter accounts have kind of moved over there. Not oh, yeah. really celebrity accounts, but there are quite a few um, uh, chefs who have started Mastodon accounts in the last couple of months. Mm -hmm. A bunch of people from Twitter are kind of moving over there. Um, wouldn't call it a mass exodus or anything like that. And I, you know, I, the drama part of it is not really what I'm into, right. but I will say that like um, the kind of the reason why I went over there is because I listen to a lot of uh, tech podcasters and I read a lot of tech blogs mm -hmm. and um, a lot of sort of techie people have moved off Twitter and like tech journalists and things and have moved their accounts over to Mastodon. And so I kind of followed them over there mm -hmm. and it's... I don't know, like compared to what Twitter has been like in the last few years, it's a really cool place to hang out. People actually interact and and like there's like ongoing discourse about things. When you see a thread, there's like lots of actual like people commenting in ways that are constructive <laughs> right. and things like that. Yeah. So it feels like a feels like kind of a, you know, like another crack at Twitter without all of the toxicity, which is kind of nice. Is is there a uh, Instagram version of that? Because Instagram is terrible now, like just with, with the, but seriously, like with the ads and the suggested posts, like I yeah. don't like my friends don't see my pictures anymore, and I don't yeah, see I my friends' you. pictures. It's tough. Is yeah. there, uh, there anyone doing something to fix that <laughs> or offering? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I mean, you can definitely post photos and things on Mastodon, but yeah, yeah it's not made for that, right? And yeah. Um, a, like I think two years ago, uh, there was a company that started like a Instagram kind of clone, mm -hmm. uh, mostly just for photographers, and it's called Glass. Oh yeah, and uh, I'm on there, mm -hmm. and it's for photography. It's amazing. Like there are incredible photographers posting their work over there, mm -hmm. um, but it's not that much of a social network you know right. like i see yeah. there you know there isn't really critical mass over there um you know your friends aren't on glass so right. you know yeah. it's, <laughs> it's it's kind of a different setup you know mm -hmm. um but yeah if you're interested in looking at beautiful photos and i there are some great food photographers over there as well um but also i think i think there's a free trial but i think just to be on glass like just to be uh to have an account uh there is like a small paid subscription mm -hmm. I, I think it's relatively low cost i think it was when i joined i think it was like 15 dollars a year or something like that but mm -hmm. cool so yeah instagram's so terrible <laughs> yeah instagram i mean it, if you can remember every time that you load the app to click on the instagram logo in the top corner and like 
um, switch it to like follower view or whatever, then it's not so bad. And then if you just get in and get out, if you like look at your notifications and respond to a couple things and look at only some of your followers' pictures and don't expect to catch up with everyone's stuff because it's not going to show it to you and then just get off within like four minutes, then it's not so bad. But It's like they pulled a bait and switch where it was like, and like step by step, but then there was a huge change like overnight one time where it's like all of a sudden you get three either ads or suggested posts to one yeah. uh, photo of people you actually follow. Um, anyways. Yeah, I would say it was more like boiling a frog than a bait and switch, but yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. That's a, that's a great comparison. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And is there, oh my God, we, just, we shouldn't be talking about this. <laughs> it seems like... like are all of the old time, like the original, the big original social media platforms becoming terrible? Because Slack is not what it used to be either. You can't access yeah, stuff Slack's that's more than tough. 30 days old. Yeah. But I mean, that's, Slack's kind of different because it's A, more kind of like work oriented right. and B, more kind of, you know, it's like individual sort of, it's not like a big, so, like overarching social social network it's like right, you know, for your own private discourse or whatever but mm-hmm. yeah i mean yeah i don't know how much i want to get into yeah, monetization of, <laughs> <laughs> of online services but yeah it's always troublesome yeah um, you were asking me <laughs> about the podcast right um so yeah i said a few things <laughs> Put a call out to our listeners to give us reviews. Um, check us out on Mastodon if you're over there, or if you're interested in checking out a social network. This is a great recap, right, Alan? Um, <laughs> <laughs> or if you're um, interested in checking out a social network that's more akin to what Twitter was like um, in its first few years, um, where you could actually interact with people and have a positive experience. Um, and then the other thing that I kind of want... Do you, do you have anything to add to that, Alan? Nope. Okay. And then the other thing that I kind of wanted to talk to talk about before we get into our sort of uh, two-year retrospective um, is maybe some of our goals for year three of the podcast. Yeah. Because um, part of when I was scrolling through the uh, feed to see what conversations we had over the last year, there were some mm-hmm. firsts in terms of like structure, format, and technology. Um, right, so like yeah. we had our first, uh, on-site, <laughs> uh, in-person recording using the lav mics in my front yard. So that was cool. I'd love to yeah. do something like that again. Totally. Um, that episode also had our first ever guest. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember. Yeah. So my daughter Cora, Cora. came on and yeah. told a joke about snails. Um, yeah. and I think that's a huge, uh, opportunity in the future that we should explore this year is having guests on and having conversations with others about food. Totally. Um, We, what else? Oh, (laughs) I really liked that you put crisscross like a clip from jump right into the episode (laughs) for the team Canada 92. I thought that was cool. That's fun. Um, so more, you can look forward <laughs> in the next year of food court to hearing more copyrighted material on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, in interviews, uh, and I think we already have maybe a short list of people that we would love to chat with. Yeah. Um, what else? We also did our first, we did the first solo episode and i don't want to do that ever again but (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i kind of owe you one though oh yeah that's true yeah (laughs) (laughs) i might have to do a solo episode that was maybe it won't have to be solo though but maybe if maybe if you wanted to take a week off or something then i could i I could interview a guest or something just to i I don't remember if this was in a recording or just in a conversation um but we jokingly wondered aloud which of us takes up more airtime like right like is it like 60 percent shale 40 percent alan or whatever but i feel like my gut feeling is that you talk more and so that my solo episode is just like bringing things back to closer to 50 <laughs> 50 that's how i feel oh that's fair yeah <laughs> totally that's probably true if if there's like an eagle-eyed listener out there who has an idea of how much more i talk <laughs> than alan we'd love to 
<laughs> we love to find out. We'll put a we'll put a poll up on the. Uh, oh, that's the, a great the, idea. The Instagram. Feed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, we can do one poll that's like who talks more, and then yeah. we can do one poll that's like who would you like to talk more. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the results might be disparate. <laughs> um, but yeah, interviews and guests is a big thing that I'd like to do this year. And then one thing that's coming, it's not like um, to do with uh, developing the podcast more, but one one big thing that's coming up is that I've applied and been accepted to do my certified chef de cuisine uh, exams right. this spring. Um, and so I feel like that will be a, a source of conversation for us for at least, at least one episode, but, um, it's an interesting yeah. process. That's going to be super interesting to talk about. I'm looking forward to that. Did you have, you know, any- I love to talk oh. about food education. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Things on my list, uh, are definitely guests. I want to have guests this year. And yeah, I think um, we already have at least one sort of semi-planned. And um, yeah, I can think of a few others off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if we were able to do, you know, maybe one guest every four or five episodes or something like that, mm-hmm. I think that would be something to shoot for and see how it goes. And if it goes really well, maybe we'll increase that over time or um, but yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we haven't really talked about this much outside the podcast. And so maybe it'll feel like I'm springing this on you too, but you let me know how you feel about it. I, I, I've also sort of like had in the back of my head percolating the idea of doing some kind of bonus content with some kind of paywall for people that want to get a little bit more food court. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my ideas are like potentially like recipe breakdowns or something like that. Something that we can do that has like a format that's already kind of structured and that we can do in like kind of a short 20 minute or 30 minute episode. Um, maybe on the week, like that we don't release an episode, um, you know, we would just release like a short recipe breakdown or um, technique breakdown or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think that that would be kind of fun to do. Um, I mean, the logistics of it, I don't know if we need to talk about it on here right now, but, you know, we could do it at the same time that we do our normal recording and just split it off kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, It would be fun to have some merch too. I haven't even looked into it, so I don't (laughs) want to promise anything and I don't know logistically how easy it would be for us to do that. Um, And, like, I don't know what sort of like the amount of merch that you have to sell to make it worthwhile to produce any um, would be worth it for us. But right. it would be fun to do something like that. And I would love to do it. And so um, if anyone has like T-shirt ideas or mug <laughs> ideas, I don't know. Wasn't there a joke what about if... making a shirt that says got snails? Yeah, I think yeah. I think that would be fun. Okay. Got snails shirt would be pretty good. I'm on it. So you can look forward to that. um yeah and just in general i think that you know in the coming year at least for myself i'd like to be more active on social media you know um talking to our listeners there's been some really great um interactions on instagram in the last couple of episodes people commenting on them and and a little bit of discourse around some of the stuff that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's been really great, really fun and really encouraging, you know, to see listeners responding to what we're talking about. And uh, I would like to do more of that in this year. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I realize that I'm not very active on social media generally. And so, you know, probably if I was out there um, commenting and things like that, it, it would, it would help to sort of like, um, move that along a little bit or get a little bit more interaction if I was actually out there helping instigate it. And I, I'm not very good at that. And so I, I want to try and get a little more disciplined about interacting with our audience on social this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So year three, 
Get ready for some minor blockbuster changes. We should. What's the theme for year three? (laughs) Oh, that's such a great question, Alan. Mm, And one that I've given zero thought to. (laughs) Engagement. Engagement's a good one. Um, Dialogue. Oh, dialogue. Yes, that's perfect. Okay. That is a great theme for our year three of the podcast. We'll have to remember this. All right. Yeah, write it down. And then next year when we do our year three retrospective, we can see if we um, did anything that, you know, helped to forward the theme of dialogue. Mm -hmm. I think that's really good because the other the the two sort of conflicting things in my head for what I thought we might want to have as a theme for year three were kind of like yeah more um ongoing engagement with our audience and then secondarily like it's something that I was going to talk about a little bit later when we started trotting out our favorite moments from this year but but I'll talk about it now. Um, some of my favorite moments from from like the past year have been things where, you know, we've talked about subject matter that, you know, might be a little contentious or political or, you know, um, opinionated about uh, about things in the restaurant industry. And there have been some opportunities for us to come at it from like a fun perspective, like when we talked about the menu. Right. Um, and then there have been some... Uh, some opportunities for us to talk about it from a more kind of, kind of more serious perspective, uh, like when you went to Cook's Camp. Right, yeah. Um, and then also there have been, you know, some things that are kind of in the middle, like with Noma closing, um, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I think in the when, when we first – I don't know how much you remember this, Alan, but I know – before we recorded our first official episode, we kind of got together a couple times and sat down and talked about how we wanted the podcast to be and what the format was going to be and, and things like that. And, and I think like, um, and it was sort of also, was it right before the beginning of COVID that we started recording or sort of like, uh, it was, no, it would have been, it was um, during a year, a year into yeah, the first, it was March of, uh, or sorry, February of 2021, right? So. Right. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I don't know. I just remember at that time voicing my like um, hesitancy to talk about political issues. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And, you know, the reason why isn't necessarily because I don't feel like I have opinions or that, you know, um, that I am scared to voice those opinions but it just felt at that time like contentious to talk about the politics of the restaurant industry and things like Mm -hmm. that because there was a lot going on and people were you know losing their businesses because they weren't allowed to be open and there was just it was a it was a pretty heavy time for like the politics of the restaurant industry Mm -hmm. and I was a little worried about um you know just going down uh a tunnel of you know, only talking about those kind of like somewhat scary and negative things that were happening in the restaurant industry and, and, you know, like our, our dialogue getting bogged down with this sort of like, um, tough situation that everybody was kind of in and it was kind of a concern of mine. Um, but you know, through the course of just us having these conversations on the show, it's become, I don't know, I've just become a lot more comfortable you know, having a conversation with you about those things mm-hmm. and not feeling like, um, and, and not feeling like my opinions are going to be judged or backed into a corner about something or, or something like that. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I don't talk to every one of our listeners about, you know, the things that we talk about on the show. Um, but I hope that our listeners appreciate that, you know, when we do talk about those things, um, when we do talk about uh, things that are potentially, you know, um, a little bit politically contentious, contentious within the industry or things like that, that I'm just giving my opinion from, from, you know, my side of how I see it. And obviously, and Alan, I'm sure you feel the same way. Um, but there are like obviously a ton of other viewpoints out there. And, um, you know, part of the reason why I enjoy talking about it is because a, it gives me access to your viewpoint about it. 
Alan. Mm-hmm. And then in some cases where we wind up having some interaction with our listenership, um, you know, it's great to see other people's reactions and viewpoints as well. And uh, so, I, yeah, I've, I've as much as I think at the beginning I was a little bit reticent to talk about those kinds of things, um, it's not. It's definitely not all I want to talk about on the show. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely still want to talk about gar- garlic peelers, but like <laughs> <laughs> bagel slices. But yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But but I definitely um, feel a lot less hesitant to talk about um, things that might have a little bit more deep, uh, a, little, a little a little deeper resonance than than I was at the beginning of the show, and when I was feeling a little bit nervous about the state of the industry and mm-hmm. what we were going to talk about. On on the show mm-hmm. i think i feel similarly i think just generally um yeah i had the same hesitancy we talked about this a bit this time last year but like because it's because this is not scripted and it's all off the cuff and it's not something that is easily edited like a blog post you can't just go back and change mm-hmm. what you said um yeah we we definitely uh got into those topics very slowly over yeah. time i feel more comfortable with them now there's still I, I do still feel like you know i'm very cautious about how i'm talking about say like talking about restaurants or people that we know or mm-hmm. my place of work um but in a way it's an interesting it's it's a great exercise for me because i kind of feel that because as an instructor and like talking to students off the cuff, unscripted all the time, often about sensitive things. Like we've talked about this a couple of times, like, you know, like race come, like race comes up, like when we're feeding food and we're talking about who's eating this food and will they find it too spicy and whatever else. Um, we, we navigate these things like, um, like race. So yeah, it's been a good exercise. I feel like to, yeah, be able to speak (laughs) honestly, but respectfully and not, I don't know. It it has put me out of my comfort zone a little bit, but I think it's been a good exercise. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I've definitely been in spots where I'm a little bit outside my comfort zone, but I think, you know, when we are in those spots, we do a pretty good job of saying that we are a little bit outside of our comfort zone as well, you know, and, or, or just like voicing that even just to each other. And, you know, and if there are things that we don't necessarily feel equipped to opine on that we you know, we'll just say that well, I don't really have anything that right. I feel like I can add to that discourse or something like that. You yeah. Know? Just knowing when to shut up, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, man, that's a really good lesson to learn for year three, knowing <laughs> when to shut up. I'll try and keep that one in mind. <laughs> you know, the Abraham Lincoln quote, it's better to better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak up and remove all doubt. <laughs> I should be aware of it but i don't think i am but that's pretty it's pretty wise that's a good one yeah yeah although (laughs) sometimes it's good to be vulnerable too even if it makes you look stupid yeah sure yeah take that lincoln (laughs) (laughs) um i just had uh one more uh before we kind of get into the retrospective um i just had like a little bit of uh follow-up that i wanted to or a little bit of yeah a little bit of follow-up that i wanted to get into um so a few weeks ago um listener rafe dm'd us and said that they may be um moving to edmonton in the near future and they were looking for recommendations for where they could apply where there's fine dining cooking going on that you know seems like it's you know um has some passion behind it and Mm -hmm. uh and so i just wanted to this is in no way an exhaustive list of the restaurants that someone could come to edmonton to try to uh try and work at to get into um some of the uh fine dining activity that's happening in the city um but uh these these would probably be my top picks for where i would apply if i was looking to uh cook in a fine dining restaurant in Edmonton. So I just have a quick list here. Um, and then if you have anything to add after Alan, because I'm sure that there are things that I've left off this list. Um, so I would say Biera, Uccellino, Barbarico. I would normal, normally say Corso, but it's closed right now. I'm not exactly sure why. I think it's, why. well, like it closed Maybe. during the pandemic and never reopened, right? So I, I don't think that it's right. coming back, but I don't know anything about the, yeah. I don't know. I don't either. 
which is unfortunate, but maybe it'll turn into something else. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Uh, Range Road. Yeah. Um, I think Big it's really time. great. Yeah. The Mark. Um, I know the chef at the Mark. <laughs> hey, Spencer. Spencer. Didn't Spencer yeah. just, Spencer just left there. Did you know that? No, really? I'm pretty sure I saw on Instagram that there was like a farewell uh, to oh, him. Oh, no, I missed that. No, see, you don't see anything on Instagram anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, well, hit me up, Spencer. Let me know how it's going. Um, Boondock. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only eaten there once, but it was really great. I had lunch there one time and it was delicious. La Petite Isa. It's actually pronounced Isa. Oh boy! It's uh, I'll cut out the whole thing. It's a, <laughs> it's a Bell's daughter's name, apparently Isa. Oh, okay, La Petite Isa. Yeah, so I have a friend who is working there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, really great. I went there for my birthday this year, and it was an amazing meal. Um, yeah, that's basically my basically my list. Kind ice cream. If you want to make really <laughs> great ice cream, come work with me over there. Could never be considered fine dining, but we definitely care about quality. Until Got anything you, to add, Alan? Uh, no, that's a great list. The the ones that really sp- sprang to my mind are on that list. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, those are some of the great ones. Yeah, there are definitely a few things that would have been on this list a couple of years ago, but... Right. Dang COVID. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, pour one out for the restaurants we lost, right? It's Yeah, exactly. Pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. So year two highlights, Alan, what do you think? The, um, when I scrolled through the conversations, the ones that jumped out to me as being like, um, I I guess my favorites, not, not just because they were fun conversations to have, but because they were, they, they felt important to me. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. The, the first one, and this would be very early. That's kind of my list too. I was like, you know, I was looking through for like, there was lots of fun stuff that we talked about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like as I was scrolling through, like the things that were resonating for me were like the ones where, or the ones that were memorable for me were, yeah, things where I thought we, you know, talked about or di- did something or talked about something that, you know, was like sort of new ground for us mm-hmm. or that felt, you know, like felt like a special conversation. The one that really, really jumped out at me was Chefs Need Not Apply. Oh, cool. Because I feel like that one more than, really more than anything else, I'd never, I've never heard someone talk about that. <laughs> and maybe you have because right. you're more into tech and stuff, but like, like cooks getting AI to write menus for like, it, it was, it's so <laughs> odd and it was so fun, yeah. but like it has these weird implications that we probably don't even understand yet uh, i don't know it really to me it was the most original conversation that we've had because i've that's cool it, a, a lot of other things like you know like when we do our our early cooking memories or food memories and walk through my yard like it's like that's fun and i like having those conversations but you know any anyone could have that conversation they'd have their own opinions or whatever but like as a topic yeah. any anyone could have that conversation but this one was like really came out of left field and was way more interesting than I expected it to be. And yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I I didn't put that conversation on my list. And the reason why I think, be, um, which is kind of dumb, but like, because I really enjoyed that conversation too. But I sort of felt like it would be cheating for me to put that on there because, you know, it was kind of I, like I brought it to the table and I and and it's something those types that that topic that you're talking about i don't know if there's a ton of discourse going on about it in the food world necessarily but it because i have some exposure to the tech world and because i'm you know like a hobbyist in that area mm-hmm. it like it's kind of a conversation or like a set of kind of like ideas that's been percolating percolating in my brain for quite a while Mm -hmm. like i don't know anytime i go to a mcdonald's drive-thru and see like a robot filling sodas with no human interaction (laughs) i'm just a little bit like huh that's interesting like (laughs) (laughs) you know like i you know like it's just one set of hands that used to be in that mcdonald's that is no longer there you know yeah 
and um so I, yeah i'm i'm sort of like constantly thinking about those types of things and then you know the the chat gpt thing was just sort of like this really fun and crazy crossover opportunity mm-hmm. um but yeah there's definitely something there um you know both from the creative side and also from the labor side mm-hmm. yeah um that you know, I think is going to more and more become a prominent issue in our industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say that thing for me where, uh, you know, we had a conversation that I was not expecting and that it was really fun and I, and, and like, uh, really got something out of it that I, um, you know, that is really memorable and that I'm still kind of thinking about. And then I hope that in year three, we can um, replicate a little bit or, or have a little bit more exposure to was the amateur menu historian corner where we talked about, part, well, part we did two, that right? twice, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, both part one and part two. Oh, okay. Uh, part two was the futurist, uh, fasc- futurist menu. Yeah. Menu, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, part two, yeah, a little bit more than part one, but yeah, man, that was so crazy. I don't, I don't know if you have other potential historical menu examples that we can use as the basis for episodes like that this year, but yeah, talking about fascist futurist food movement was shocking (laughs) and super interesting and has like also very modern implications as well like i don't think that there's anything necessarily exactly like that happening right now but Mm -hmm. wouldn't be shocking to find out that there was you know what i really liked about that the topic and the conversation is kind of like uh in our discussion of the movie the menu where we're mm-hmm. like, this is a movie that's ostensibly about food, but it does not pander to the our nostalgic, comforting feelings about food. Um, that's what, and, and that uh, futurist menu intentionally um, took it in the exact opposite direction. They don't want nostalgia right. because they think it's weakness. They want, you know, something modern, new, invigorating, intense. Um, that's that's the most interesting piece of that to me. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. It's kind of the opposite. It's like, yeah, trying to tamp down that nostalgia. It's the opposite of Ratatouille. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But then it kind of wraps around, you know, because, well, I mean, it doesn't really wrap around to Ratatouille, but it kind of wraps around to the menu because like it, like by eschewing the nostalgia and anything, any connection that you might have to, you know, what you might normally consider food or something like that it's like creating a challenging dining experience Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know like in the menu obviously the dining experience is challenging but (laughs) in the opposite direction it's like we're gonna you know make this as crushingly based on nostalgia as we possibly can to make it just feel way worse for everyone right or something yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny that those two things are connected, but they really are. I mean, like, I guess because they're both trying to sort of make a bit of a political statement, uh, you know, about the state of dining and food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for my money, those, pro- yeah, that that was definitely uh, a fairly original and memorable conversation. Um, some of my other favorite episodes, I think, were a lot more straightforward and basic like i i one that jumped mm-hmm. out at me was just the cooking school conversation um where we both uh like went through our my experience in a full-time culinary arts and your experience going through uh apprenticeship right yeah um yeah and that that's really important to me because like i feel it's something that we're we will continue to revisit again and again talking about what what are the most effective ways to train cooks and to educate new cooks um, yeah. and obviously important to me cause it's my profession, but, um, but, and there was also some just like fun parts of that conversation. And I love the, uh, like we, we get into these positions a lot where like you, you are frustrated by some of the classical and outdated components of curriculum. And I'm kind of 
fascinated by them. It's a, uh, it's a yeah, a classic uh, Shale and Allen um, dynamic, I think. So, <laughs> yeah, that's scaring me a little bit. It's making me feel may- maybe like a little bit of a futurist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, a cold. Uh, maybe yeah. I need to reassess my position on this whole thing. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, it's not the nostalgia of the classics that I don't like. It's the it's dogma. The, well, yeah, and that they don't they they serve yeah. they don't teach any practical skill. Your you, what your argument is that they often don't teach a skill that is actually practical in a modern kitchen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I really enjoyed that conversation as well. And I, when I was flipping through Instagram, I also saw the picture of your fat sculpture. And, <laughs> right, and yes. Did that ever warm my heart? Yeah, <laughs> it's really great. <laughs> uh, I wish I, st- I still wish that I could find the pictures that I had of mine, but did you know? Alas, Shill, at one one point in time, let's say, oh, what year is it? Twenty twenty three. Let's say probably ten years ago, you gave me an SD card that had because uh, you had a book on it, like a Kindle version of Sandor Katz's fermentation or so- something like that. Okay, yeah. Um, so you gave me that SD card so I could read the book. Uh, recently, oh, so both of my my kids have, <laughs> they each have a, a very old junky digital camera that we, okay. we like, we hadn't used them for years and years, but the kids like to just walk around the house and take pictures of stuff. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and they put your SD card in the camera and there's pictures from your time in Denmark on it <laughs> no way yeah just not not very many just like maybe a dozen or 20 um oh that's cool and it's but just pictures of uh Co- copenhagen like you were just walking around the city <laughs> taking uh, shots of copenhagen yeah yeah they're probably also in my photo library and i just never erased that sd card before right. i gave it to you yeah. but <laughs> i hope you don't feel like no pictures I, of in- a fat sculpture on there though probably <laughs> no hey. no i in fact i think when i made that fat sculpture i didn't even really have a proper digital camera so mm-hmm. I, but I know I had like, uh, I know that I had film photos of it oh, is um, right? somewhere. Yeah. 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 But, and I'm sure that they must still be in a box somewhere, but I did look for them when we recorded that episode and I could not dig them up. So mm-hmm. it'll have to be left to future generations, I guess, to dig those up. Um, what else, Alan? I got, I got s- some more still. There was... I really appreciate the ones that um, expose me to ideas that I never, or like ideas or just things that I never would have looked into of my own volition. Right. Um, Those are basically the same things that I have too. Things that you brought to the show that like I, you know, hadn't really had much exposure to previously and that we kind of did deep dives on this year. Mm Mm-hmm. So def- what are you thinking about? Well, so it's definitely the the chat GPT, but even the TikTok right. episode, like it was Oh yeah. Obviously like trivial and kind of a joke, but I like I literally had not looked at TikTok videos before. <laughs> and right. like, unless yeah, they yeah. had been filtered through Instagram as reels, but um so that was it was yeah, it, stuff like that uh just giving me um <laughs> keeping me hip, you know, keeping me relevant, right. exposing me to new ideas. Man, I really do want to do another TikTok episode. I feel like <laughs> a lot has happened in the last year on TikTok. Oh, that really? We can... Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some of the recipe trends that are like on there now that are obviously fake but weird are just shockingly hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one of the things for me that like I hadn't really thought about too much and I hadn't really, you know, put much research into previously was anything having to do with 11 Madison Park. Right. Like I was aware of it, obviously, and, and uh, you know, I'd watched that one episode of... Seven Days Out. Seven Days Out mm-hmm. about it, yeah. But that was about the limit of my exposure to it and... You know, like I, I had an idea of what the food was like, but I hadn't really ever looked through the cookbooks and I hadn't really ever looked at a menu and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just uh, sort of like on a, in a couple different episodes, the chronicling, our chronicling of their journey, like in the past couple of years um, and having to reinvent themselves and, you know, going vegetarian and, and stuff like that, that was all really 
interesting. That was a really good deep dive for me. I, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know, like also, you know, listening to that pot, the rich role podcast with Daniel whom on yeah. it, that was like a really great listen. And I think that was a really good, you know, topic for us to dive into. And that was, that also provided us, you know, with some opportunity to talk about some, you know, deeper issues, uh, in the culinary world and that, that was like, that felt very valuable to me mm-hmm. just like for, yeah, keeping me in touch with what's going on in some pockets of the, uh, fine dining and culinary world. And, you know, how somebody like that is sort of like trying to deal with some of the adversities that came out of the pandemic and mm-hmm. things like that in a positive way. That was, uh, yeah, it was refreshing and enlightening for me. Yeah, it was an interesting, 11 Madison Park was an interesting scene for us to follow because yeah. it, it really did start with like practical kitchen techniques. Like it, I have mentioned a few times how the first 11 Madison Park cookbook like has been one of the most influential for me in my in the this later part of my career because of the like uh, sheer number of new techniques or like fine dining techniques that I could use in the kitchen I was working at um like even though it's you know um high level <laughs> next level fine dining like there were so many useful practical techniques uh which is yeah. not common in in those kinds of cookbooks but then for it to kind of dovetail with all of the the social issues and business issues um at 11 Madison Park like it, yeah it was a uh, a lot of fodder for conversation for sure yeah like it even you know it wound up coming up in our episode about the bear as well because yes. there's pretty strong implication that he was working at 11 Madison Park before mm-hmm. that's right yeah and um yeah i don't know it it's yeah it's just really interesting how like it happened to yeah be this seam of conversation that sort of wended its way throughout the entire year of the podcast and i feel like i learned a lot about it and it's yeah i don't know that was fun for me yeah i i was by accident kind of but yeah right yeah i did have uh old dog new tricks as one of my favorite episodes um just because it was like so granular and like nitty-gritty kitchen boots on the ground hands on knives kind of thing (laughs) like Yeah, yeah totally yeah techniques and analysis and mm-hmm. yeah um it was also like a highlight to do the episode about the about your stage at the naramata that was a lot of fun for me too yeah i was it's nice to <laughs> just just looking at the scrolling through the conversations uh it's nice to get you kind of like look back on the year and you can like see season to season. Oh yeah. So like I went to Naramata and like did all this stuff. Here's oh yeah. yeah, Fall menu. And, um, oh yeah. Those from the wild classes out in the bush. And yeah, it was a nice, uh, nice look back. Yeah. The Naramata, like my time there was very memorable. Our conversation. I think there was lots of interesting points about, uh, the details of how they're making their food there. It's actually a good example of a conversation. I didn't want to, I specifically remember uh, in that conversation where I was talking about how they have a, an, an offsite commissary kitchen and you asked, uh, so like, are there, is there good communication between them or like what happens when the commissary kitchen brings product that's not up to par? And like, to me, I was like, I, I honestly didn't eh, observe yeah. anything like that, but it's just the kind of thing right. that like they graciously welcomed me there and I wouldn't want to like... <laughs> throw shade or like you know you yeah, reveal totally. you know the dirty little secrets of the narrow mind. yeah um but but anyways so that's just an example and to be clear i would i was more asking from a logistical perspective than a, oh of course yeah and yeah. like a uh 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 gossip perspective uh, oh yeah, but yeah absolutely yeah. but that's just an, an example of like right like a question is asked and then I have a little pang where it's like, Oh, is this I, something that I can talk about and not hurt anybody's feelings? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, I, I guess like when we started making the show, I didn't necessarily consider that, you know, being able to look back at it as, you know, a, as kind of like a, um, a chronicle of the things that we're up to mm-hmm. in our, you know, in our separate careers and cooking lives and things like that, that it would, you know, sort of become a historical document for 
our stuff like that never really occurred to me right um and i don't you know except for when we were sort of like preparing for this episode i don't often look back and and like uh revisit the topics from episodes although like because i'm doing the editing on the podcast by the time we post it i've listened to the conversation usually three times right once when we have it and then kind of twice while i'm editing it Mm -hmm. and so by the time i post it i'm not like itching to listen to it again (laughs) yeah but um like i do also have to make sure that it like shows up properly in our feed and so i'm obviously subscribed to it in my podcast player Mm -hmm. and so when it shows up I'll just usually listen to the beginning of it to make sure that it published correctly and that it's audible and that it's playing properly and right and stuff like that. But then I often won't delete it from my like podcast library. And so then like fairly often, like a few weeks or maybe a month later, it'll still be there and I'll just like pop it on out of curiosity and then wind up listening to a large portion of it, just right. sort of getting swept away by our conversation. <laughs> um <laughs> That's a little dramatic. Uh, yeah, I know that, that sounds horrible, <laughs> but but like legitimately, like I just it it like because we've had this conversation and I get to like go back and sort of like remember you know us having the conversation the first time. It's it's kind of like when I'm editing it, it's very close to when we're actually having the conversation, right. and then I'm having to sort of like you know stop and go and stop and go and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and so it's it's fun to like go back and listen to the conversation sort of in its like final form and you know a little bit sped up by my podcast (laughs) player and just sort of like um in the format that that everyone else kind of gets to listen to it and just um you know like kind of remembering what you may have said in a conversation but not exactly remembering right and then being surprised by like the funny things that you say and stuff like that it's just it's fun sometimes to just accidentally go back and wind up listening to an episode that that i haven't really thought about for like a month or so mm-hmm. and um yeah it's it's I, i'm not generally a nostalgic person but clearly podcast allows me like a pretty reasonable outlet for any nostalgia that i might be feeling Mm -hmm. which is kind of nice uh thinking about how yeah like being able to think back on the year because so many of the conversations are about something that we did that's that's interesting to me because i think when we started out when we were and we were brainstorming topic ideas it was not like that at all it was like partly because we were well in the first iteration of the podcast, we were working together. Um, right. um, but it was like, yeah, we, we you know, we're going to have an episode about nineties, uh, food television. And we're going to have an episode about like these things that aren't really directly related to us, to uh, the stuff that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool. At, like the, for the most part, we still get kind of, uh, every few months, maybe we're like, struggling to think of what the next topic would be but we do get into these routines where it's like okay i did this dinner so i want to talk about this dinner and then that kind of like rolls into something else that happened after the dinner or and it's nice how it just kind of the topics come up organically based on what's often what's going on in our work life or our personal life so yeah totally i still do like having those episodes that are like sort of about you know weird random food related things and stuff like that i still enjoy those conversations but yeah it's it's really nice just sort of getting to take a broader view of of like you know getting back getting to talk about something that we might do at work or something like that that we wouldn't normally get to just sort of like have a conversation about you know like normally in a lot of cases i think like you know these things go by and you don't really get a debrief or yeah, something. Totally. Yeah. And it's yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a a nice way to have a debrief and a bit of an objective debrief because we're not really working together. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Any got any other highlights, Alan? Um, I did. So besides uh, just you bringing new ideas that I haven't been exposed to, when I because of the nature of the podcast, when I bring new ideas, I often feel compelled to do a little bit more reading on them than I would right. if I didn't have to talk about it in a recording. 
And like one small example would be that Team Canada 92 conversation where I was like, I know that they, I know this was a gold medal team at the Culinary Olympics, but I don't really know what the Culinary Olympics are. So I like did some research on the Ica Culinary Olympics and lots of research on what was happening in 1992 because I, you know, who, because we needed to talk about crisscross and stuff like that. So, totally. <laughs> or like th- Thunder Jets uh, fruit snacks. Like, <laughs> I remembered that. And then I was like, because we're going to talk about it, I did the research and found the old commercial and <laughs> I don't know, just stuff like that. It's fun to get. Yeah. 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 I think too, like some stuff for me that's kind of been like that, where I don't know for sure if I would have put as much time and like reading and research into it as I wound up doing are things like, um, you know, like when I got obsessed with Mapo Tofu, (laughs) right? Yeah. You know, like I, I really went down a rabbit hole there and I, you know, well, I mean, I probably wouldn't if we hadn't had that conversation where you brought up Mapo Tofu and then I started kind of like looking into it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really went down a rabbit hole there and I really learned a lot and, and that, is and I'm still sort of in that rabbit hole. And I think that I probably wouldn't have watched like pretty much every video that Kenji has published and most of the videos on Chinese cooking demystified and stuff like that if I hadn't sort of been like if I hadn't fallen down that rabbit hole because you brought up Mapo Tofu and then also if I hadn't kind of been compelled to do some of that cooking to be, then be able to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so yeah, little things like that too. It's really been great in, you know, certain parts of the year for me to like really encourage me to continue cooking at home and things like that, which, you know, like, I, I mean, I do still have lulls a little bit and I'm sure everybody does like how much effort they want to put into their cooking at home outside of work or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like I think that that sort of heightened the amount of like new cooking technique discovery and stuff that I had this year was just like, you know, having conversations with you and then, you know, thinking about those foods outside of the podcast and then being like, man, this is something that I have never really done before. And I really feel like I should add it to my repertoire and, and things like that. So yeah, I think, yeah, that's, that's like a, definitely another one of those peripheral benefits mm-hmm. to having these conversations <laughs> kind, of, kind of in the same vein but even better it's funny that we never followed up on this but i had casually mentioned at the end of an episode a place called fua fua japanese pancakes oh yeah <laughs> and then, right and then oh, and i was like yeah, oh, i can't believe I, we didn't follow up about this i just brought it up and i was like i didn't know what it was i didn't know what it was all about and then an hour later, you brought one to my door and I ate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because I happened to be heading out like right after we were going to record and it was still like morning. Yeah. And and I hadn't really eaten anything yet. I think I was on my way to a hair appointment or That's something right, like that. That's right, you were, yeah. And it was like right in the same neighborhood. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I could just like call ahead and try and pick up some pancakes and we could... <laughs> try them and then talk about them on the next episode and then we kind of forgot about it i guess yeah anyway they were delicious <laughs> yeah i really enjoyed them too they yeah. were great and man they the people that run fua fua they were just so crazy nice oh, really? yeah. like yeah they were great like when i called them on the phone the the guy that answered the phone just like fully walked me through the whole process of like you know, ordering and picking up from them and how long it would take for them to make them and, mm-hmm. you know, what it was going to be like after I picked them up. Like he was very communicative and explanatory and he seemed like really grateful that I like called and was going to order some fluffy pancakes to go. Right. And then when I went to pick them up, like they had them ready, but they were like, you know, like, like they had just literally like seconds earlier, put them in a box for me and mm-hmm. then uh, they told me how I could potentially heat them up and stuff too. But yeah, they were great. I would love to go back there and get some more pancakes mm-hmm. sometime. Can you remind me what the accompaniments were? There was maple syrup and butter. Yeah, I, and the, I feel like there was another one that... I, I think there was jam with one of them. I don't know. I, I think I got three different kinds. Oh, okay. Or maybe I got us the same kind, which was just like the regular pancakes 
with um maple syrup just Mm -hmm. just so that we could taste what the pancakes were like Mm -hmm. but then he gave me an extra one oh yeah that's the other thing he just gave me an extra set of pancakes he was like when we cook them we have to cook like cook them this many at a time oh and so i just like threw in an extra set for you and i was like wow thank you um yeah and the third one was gosh i can't remember i'm gonna look at their menu and for those who don't know these so the i think sometimes these are called souffle pancakes right like they're yeah really airy and they're really tall they're like i don't know three inches tall or something aren't they two inches yeah yeah and they stay pretty tall and you can like reheat them and they puff up again Mm -hmm. apparently he said that you can actually like microwave them and they're pretty reasonable yeah man they have they have a lot of different sort of like accompaniments oh is that right I can't remember what else. I remember there was a third us. one that I wasn't as big a fan of. I just preferred the butter and maple syrup, but now I keep right. blanking on what it was. Yeah, I can't remember either. It wasn't tiramisu, was it? <laughs> tiramisu as an accompaniment to a pancake? <laughs> tiramisu pancakes. So oh, I, I, <laughs> I assume that they give you some... Mascarpone? Mascarpone. And some coffee. It looks like maybe it's dusted with chocolate. As you would for a tiramisu. There was a banana one too that I actually thought about ordering, I think. Oh yeah, they have a banana Nutella one. I'll bet that's really good. Mm. Fua anyway, Fua pancakes yeah. on Calgary Fua Trail. Fua <laughs> Hit it up. Ads. That's what that's what we need to start doing. Ads. Get that money coming in. <laughs> I mean, yeah could happen one day alan <laughs> and at that point i guess we could have a ad-free version of the podcast that people could get on a patreon and get a hold of or something it's funny that we started this conversation by complaining about monetizing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> oh no i promise the podcast as it exists now is always going to be available and for free, although at some point, if we <laughs> unless it's convenient, felt like it was important to add ads, we, yeah, <laughs> you're gonna live to eat those. We words. would check in with our audience before we did that. <laughs> yeah, right. If there is money available, <laughs> if some... just boom, suddenly there's ads at the beginning, there's ads in the middle, there's ads at the end. Oh man, the intro is like a product placement. <laughs> we should, yeah. I want to do a. Uh, an episode that's just chock-a-block with uh, campy product placements. That would be great. <laughs> that would be pretty fun, <laughs> although it would require some writing ahead of time, and I don't know if we're up for that. No. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Food Court, a podcast recorded in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Food Court is hosted by Alan Sudaby and Shale McDonald. Theme music by Ryan and Shale McDonald. Make sure to subscribe to Food Court in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or in your favorite podcast player. We love to hear from our listeners. Please drop us a line at feedback at foodcourt.fm or find us on Instagram at foodcourtpodcast. If you want to spread the word, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back in two weeks with a fresh new episode. Thanks for listening.